0: Have a passel of kids. Now tell me, Henry, will they be Irish or German? Henry thought for a moment and said, Both, I guess. All right. Now say my son marries a French girl. What's their child? I see what you mean. But I thought in this country it was mostly English, and French, Germans, Irish, Swedes, and others stayed in their own communities. That means America has no nationality. That's probably true for the first or second generation, but sooner or later that German boy is going to fall for that cute Irish lass, and there goes the farm. The old folks don't like it, but in time nobody will know who they are, just a blend of many nationalities. You know what I mean? No caste system like in England. The only caste system I've seen here is what you make yourself. Ah, I guess I've a lot to learn about this country. You will and if you get down around Atlanta, look me up. And Henry, try to lose that English accent. Henry thanked the soldier again and started walking toward Williamsburg, some thirty miles along the rutted dirt road. Brisk traffic of loaded military wagons passed each other going in opposite directions. Henry stepped off into the dogwood and pines to avoid the horses. Ash and birch were dropping their leaves and soon would face the bareness of winter. The colorful floating leaves impressed him with their orange, yellow, and red colors. He felt the late October chill, but knew it wouldn't get as cold as northern England. This year had been a disaster for him, and he hoped 1782 held better promise. He pulled his collar up and trudged on, stepping out of the way of another wagon coming from behind. The driver was intent on the road, and Henry jumped on the back, riding the rest of the way in bouncy comfort. He slid off the wagon as it passed a series of stores in Williamsburg and looked up the street. He thought the town looked well-maintained since the last time he was here, passing through with Cornwallis' troops. Their stay had been brief, knowing Lafayette's patriots were close behind. That was when they moved on to Yorktown. He sighed deeply and walked down the street, stopping at a blacksmith and harness shed. A thick-chested man with huge biceps stood over an iron in the forge. He pulled it out with long tongs, looked it over, and placed it on an anvil. With a hammer he pounded the red-hot iron to a desired angle looked at it again then saw henry standing in the doorway hello young fella he greeted in a pleasant voice can i help you henry spoke slowly trying to disguise his accent i wondered if you need any help i need a job the man put down his hammer and stood straight rubbing his back his leather apron snug around his waist a job eh huh? i suppose you're just out of the army you boys sure showed those Britishers a thing or two. Know anything about horseshoes or carriages? No, but I'm willing to learn. Damn, I could use a good blacksmith. Well, no, I'll tell you, son. I could hire you for a few days until a real smithy comes by. I'm low on coal. You can use the wagon out back and get a load at the station for me. Store it in the bin and keep a supply by the forge. Then you can work the bellows while I heat the iron. You can't pay much. You got a place to stay? No, sir. Well, there's a cot over there by the wall you can use until you finds a place. Henry thought of the irony. He'd traveled halfway around the world to get away from coal mines, and now he was back with the stuff. But a job was a job, and he was glad to get anything. The blacksmith introduced himself as Joshua Kimball, and Henry's few days stretched to a few weeks. Joshua admired Henry's strength and hard work, and the two became friends. Henry avoided questions concerning his military service, and Joshua didn't push it. One day a man rode up on a horse, talked to Joshua a while at the door, and the blacksmith came back to the forge, where Henry was working the bellows. The stranger was an experienced blacksmith, and Henry was no longer needed. "'Sorry, son,' Joshua said." I can't afford two helpers, and I do need a man who knows the business. I'll pay you a little extra because you're a good worker. There's a tobacco plantation up on the Rappahannock River near Fredericksburg, owned by a friend of mine, named Sidney Hardin. He was the foreman until the locals hung the owner for being a loyalist. Then he just took over the place. Told me the owner deeded it to him, but I doubt it. Tell him I sent you. He could probably use the help. And, Henry, one more thing— I know you was a Britisher the first time you opened your mouth. It didn't bother me. I'm one of those silent loyalists, but that accent could get you in trouble. Henry was taken aback. You knew I was in the English army? I thought I was getting good at covering my speech. You might fool some, and in time you'll lose it.